You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Allison Rinborg in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And you are listening to the monthly Equine Affair episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 15th. This episode is brought to you by Equine Affair. Good morning, horse world. It's the third Thursday of the month. That means it's time for the Equine Affair episode. North America's premier equine expo and equestrian gathering. Well, of course, Allison is here the third Thursday of each month. Welcome back. Thank you. It's my favorite Thursday. Yeah, well, it's mine too. <laughs> so, and Thursdays, Thursdays are a tough day because it's before Friday, right? So everybody has a tough day on Thursday. But when Equine Affair is here, it's a perfect day. It's the it's best a happy day of the day. week. That's right. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Equine Affair, you guys are kind of in between shows now. You're getting ready for Massachusetts, which happens November 9th through the 12th. That's the big Big daddy of them. Everybody goes Christmas shopping in November yep. tonight through the 12th in in West Springfield, Massachusetts. But there's also another significance to this particular one. Really? What is that, Glenn? No, I'm <laughs> I hear it might be an anniversary. <laughs> it is. It is our 25th anniversary, which is the Sterling anniversary for those of you who have celebrated a 25th wedding. Um, so we're we're kind of keeping with the theme of of traditional gifts. Uh, so it's silver. We're celebrating silver this fall, and we're all super excited at the office. Oh, very cool! Does that mean you're all going to get uh, uh, mementos made of silver? Oh, I didn't think about that, but I should. I, you I should, should yeah. <laughs> I got well. I got my shiny silver badge for being a, a having a year's worth of employment at the last event, um, and I really, really liked it. And I teased Lori that like they should always give me something pretty and shiny at every well, think, event. So know, I think some silver with diamonds in it for this one would be perfect. That's um, perfect. We'll I'll, just I'll do that. I'll drop her an email. All right. <laughs> 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 Please do. Right. I'm sure she'd love to hear that. <laughs> but then, you know, next year, uh, when we go back to Ohio, it's even a bigger mm-hmm. anniversary. It is. It'll be our 30th in I can't Ohio. I believe it's the 30th because I was there for one of the first, if not the first. So, wow. Because you're old, Glenn. I know. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was it was much smaller then too, because it was just yeah. this fledgling thing. You know, it yeah, just, it was this new thing that started that uh, this expo, and you know, yeah. and it's still here, thirty years. It's later. still here, and it's like drawing in new recruits and new um, attendees every year, and I I just love it. I love being part of it as it as an older. You know, like I came to it new, you know, it was new to me a few years ago. And now um, I feel very familiar with pretty much all of it through working with it. And it's just fun that it's still going and growing and exciting and people still love it. That's what congratulations. can't ask for more than that. Thank you. Congratulations. Well done. Well, and today we're going to celebrate uh, your 25th anniversary by talking to a guy who has a part in the visuals for this year. Tell us about that. 
Yes. So Tony O'Connor is our featured artist for this year. Uh, You guys have probably already seen his gorgeous gray horse, which is our featured artwork for the year. Um, It's all over our website, our social media and our event programs. And hailing from Ireland, artist Tony O'Connor spends his days painting not just horses, but also forest animals, dogs, and more. He's also fabulous at keeping his fans updated via social media. So if you want to watch him in action, you should definitely follow him on Facebook. But let's talk to Tony. Hi, Tony. Welcome to our show. Hey, Allison. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. How about yourself? Oh, sure. Not too bad. It's beautiful weather over here in Ireland at the moment, so we're... In the middle of a heat wave almost, I'd say. So we're hanging for a bit of rain. <laughs> we've had yeah. sun for a week. We've had sun for a week. We don't know what to do. Everyone's right. sun crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not used to sun over there. <laughs> no, no, no. It's been it's like uh, over twenty degrees for the last few days, which wow. Um, I think I, that's way that's past the melting point of an Irish person anyway. So can't be dealing with that. So. Do you even own shorts over there? <laughs> I do, and I have the legs to fill them out, but um, um, <laughs> publicly indecency in laws refer, refrains me from wearing them too often. But um, <laughs> I, I wear them. Yeah, yeah, I've been in the shorts a lot recently, like, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, so um, is your studio air conditioned or are you just like having to melt it out while I'm you're painting? Me- I'm melted, melted. My studio is not carrying it. It's a, it's a lovely studio, but it's, it's a I freeze in there in winter and I roast in the summer. So I could have about four or five layers on me during the winter. And, um, I could be literally in, um, what does Borat wear? One of those mankinis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. I love my studio, but I freeze in the winter and I roast in the summer. It sounds perfect. It's so perfect. <laughs> As an artist, you have to suffer for your art. So <laughs> it's just one of the ways that I, I, I suffer on a daily basis. So. I'm glad I'm in gonna... podcasting we don't have to suffer for our art. Um, I'm really <laughs> glad about that. I'll let you do it. <laughs> so, so speaking of the art, um, obviously you paint horses, but you also paint all kinds of wonderful forest creatures. And anyway, tell us a little bit about what you do for for those in our audience who don't know tell us about what you do for a living because it's so cool um i'm an artist uh, basically um which is strange enough to be you know people to ask me what do i do for a living and go i, I paint horses and um they look at you like you've got four heads going. <laughs> what do you mean you paint horses you actually go into a field and you paint physical horses I'm like, no you muppet i, I actually paint pictures of horses like you know and once you explain that they're like all right and is that your hobby and i'm like no it's my job so um i don't know i've 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 been an artist now full-time since 2011 so i've I've been getting away with it uh for (laughs) over (laughs) don't tell anyone but you know i haven't a clue what i'm doing but i'm getting away with it like you know but um uh i've always painted horses in college and all my life Basically, due to our background, uh, my family background, we were blacksmiths or um, in the village where I grew up. And I'm the only one that seems to be working with horses at the moment from the family. The rest of the guys are um, welders and, in, you know, fitters and stuff like they're doing the metal part of it. And I'm doing the clean part of it. 
Well, you know what? Your back is going to be a lot better off when you're old painting horses than doing blacksmithing. So, I, yes, that's that's about it. Like I'm doing my best to destroy it by going to the gym on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, carrying the carrying the weight of this talent around. Is oh yeah! Oh yeah! Havoc with my back. I will. It. I will say, in all seriousness, though, I went to your website and I was looking at the art. You have a tab at the top of the website, but the website is WhiteTreeStudio.ie, and you go to mm. the art tab, and I thought they were photographs. And then it took me a minute to go, wait a minute, these aren't photographs. That's how detailed and good photorealistic these are. I don't know if that's a word in art, but wow. Well, I'll take the compliment, but um, you should see them in real life. They don't look that good at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not true. <laughs> I must really update my website, actually. Um, I'm just, I'm just so confused when it comes to HTML doing anything technology based. I'm like, my brain just goes into freeze mode and I'm like, no, I can't do it. So you're better off going onto Instagram or one of those social things that are um, simple to upload, just click and post rather than me having to figure out an internet. But um, thank you for the compliment. I'm, I, I, I personally don't feel that I'm photorealistic. I, I feel I'm a bit more ex, you know, impressionist E because of my, I don't know, I, I'm, I'd like to be photorealism, but no, I'm, I'm not that good enough yet. I th- but every artist is like that. They don't think they're, you know, there's always, I can do better in the next piece. I can do better. You you never reach perfection. Um, I think Dali said that, have no fear of perfection. You'll never reach it. So um, it's a constant, it's a constant thing for us. Artists, you're constantly trying to improve and learn and improve and just take things to the next level till you get into your comfort zone and just paint the same thing over and over again. <laughs> Did you have any <laughs> formal training in art? Well, I did go to art college. Um, when you say formal training, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. did they? I learned how to slam tequila, uh, <laughs> other nefarious activities that one would expect in an art college. <laughs> nothing about um, composition or paint mixing or even how to stretch a canvas. I figured out. They kind of let you loose in art college and just. Figure it out for yourself. And you're paying um, for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's five years of my life down the drain. Here's your degree and your master's. What do I do now? I'm like, well, there's McDonald's are looking for staff. (laughs) (laughs) You you pay them to teach you the art of slamming tequila. That's what you paid them for. Well, in in your degree party, tutors come out and were slamming tequila with us, like dancing to Mary J. Blige and, and all that stuff back in the late 90s early 2000s but, yeah, it was fun while it lasted but um there was no formal training as such i think everything i've learned it's just been by doing it myself but i guess having the confidence to say you've got a a degree and all this stuff in your ass pocket um is is good in one way but I didn't really need to do it. I actually did a year um, of teaching art. I'm a qualified art teacher for secondary school, which is um, 13 to 17 year old kids. Mm-hmm. And I tried it for a year and oh, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just hated it so much. I was like, no, this is not good. I'm a bad teacher. I was like, no, it's not for me because it killed everything artistic in me. 
Um, after being, you know, after five years in an art college where you're creating every day, and next thing you have to go into a classroom and create lesson plans and reflective journals and what the kids are learning. And I'm like, I haven't a clue what I'm learning myself. What do I? No, I can't do this. And then you're dealing with kids going, I can't draw, sir. And I'm like, get out of my class, so please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like uh, maybe you, you got out. And, and you can't hit kids anymore. It was grand when we were kids in the 80s. You know, we used to get slapped around the classroom, but that's frowned upon these days. So, you know, so, uh... Yeah, patient. I, they asked me to be a tennis coach after I graduated from high school, and I did it one year, and I totally forgot what teenagers were like, and I had just been one. And it was like, yeah. okay, I'm not doing this again. It was awful. No, no not when you have a racket in your hand. You can get a good sway at someone who wanted to <laughs> All right, I'm going to steer us away from So, stay in school, um, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> go be a teacher. It's fun. So, so I'm curious. Um, do you? Uh, it didn't sound like you own horses. So, are you painting from looking at photos, or like, what's your? Where are you getting your source material? All over the world. Um, mm-hmm. I deal with some really fantastic photographers. Um, like there's uh, Annie Damoff in the Netherlands. Um, she has a, would have a shoot and she'd go, Tony, I have these horses if you're interested in it. Or I would go, do you have any greys coming up or anything like that? And then I have a friend in Germany that does the same. And I'd go over and we'd set up a photo shoot and just, you know, you'd get a whole pile of images from that. And then the rest of the stuff is just research and taking photographs as well. So... I have a big lawn, but I don't have enough space to have that many horses. In it. <laughs> Do you ride or have you ridden? I have ridden. I'm pretty useless. And um, <laughs> as much as I love horses, I like being on terra firma and looking at them as opposed to being, because I'm kind of told as supposed to be on top of a horse. So looking at the ground going, I'm going to fall and die any minute now. So. <laughs> so I like looking at them and, and, and drawing them and painting them. Um, I'd go for a trek every now and then, but I'm never going to be jumping over anything higher than a foot. So. <laughs> and that's exactly why I drive carriages and don't ride, Tony. That's exactly why. <laughs> You're, you've got a seat. Yes, no, exactly. I, I, I will admit, though, when I, I was teach, I did a course in Oklahoma. I was teaching a few years ago. We did a, a, an art course that people would come and stay in a ranch and you know, do ranchy stuff and paint, learn how to paint horses. And then we'd ride out. Um, the, those American saddles of yours, they're like sitting on a couch while you're on a horse. So it's true. <laughs> mind, mind if we brought those over here, like, you know, rather than English saddles that we have. So, but um, yeah, definitely those American saddles. Unless you stop really quickly, then you know, <laughs> on those saddles, they kind of hurt. <laughs> That's that true. thing in the front of it? Nope. <laughs> um. And then what about, so you, uh, your painting, and I'm going to mangle the name, but I'm going to try, Fayasa? Is that, is that how you say it? Fayasa. Yes. Tell us about that painting, since it's our featured artwork for Equine Affair. What's the story behind that gray horse? I just love painting gray horses. I think there's um, just this link between Irish people and and gray horses like our Connemara ponies um, Mm -hmm. are predominantly gray that we have here. They weren't always 
It's just uh, we had Dunn and Bay and darker Connemaras, but all we seem to be left with now are the greys and whites, and the darker colours are um, are quite rare uh, due to the war. I think uh, World War One and and World War Two because all the darker horses were taken by the army because they didn't want to graze because they didn't want to white hairs on their uniform. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. I just always grew up with that love of grey horses. Plus, I feel the highest contrast you can have is between dark and light mm. in, in the painting and grey horses and dark backgrounds. They just go together, like, you know, so um, I just, it's something I'm always drawing to, um, drawing and drawn to, um, I forget the poem, but um, that's just a, the kind of stuff that I love doing. Um, as you can see earlier on from that clip from behind me, just grey horses is just a thing. I can't have a show without having two or three paintings of grey horses. So. <laughs> <laughs> and people always go to me, are you doing any greys left? Have you got, are you doing any greys now? So, And I'm predominantly doing a lot more um, Connemara ponies now at the moment as well, which are known native breed. So, um, yeah, so that's what it ends up. I was just Sorry. curious, how much of your work, you know, it's, you don't have to say what your income is, but what percentage of your income is commissions as opposed to selling uh, paintings that you've done? Um, commission work. And oh, I would imagine, see, I don't really like taking on commission work. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I didn't realize that. It was on your website. That's why I asked. I, I do. I do. It's a necessary evil because um, when you're preparing for a, a gallery show or something like that, you have, you know, just three or four months there or five or six months, depending on the size of the show, that you need to keep work and create, you know, you, may, you might need 20 or 22 pieces for a show. And you can't sell that work until after the exhibition. And um, you're like, fuck, I better do a couple of commissions now. It's not like just to pay the bills in the meantime. Like, you know, so people often say to me, what what would be your favorite commission? Um, who would you like to be commissioned by? And I'm like, nobody. I don't want to be commissioned by anyone. I want to buy my work where they buy my vision and see what I love painting. And, and they buy that rather than, oh, I'd love my horse to be done in that style that you just did that. And I'm like, no, I'm spending, I've spent two months painting a piece like that. Can you not just buy that and pretend it's your horse? But uh, <laughs> um, I, I think a lot of artists, well, a lot of artists like doing commission work and stuff, the challenge of it, but um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I would say about 30% of my income is, is commission-based at the moment, um, which is all right. I have a lot of, uh, I won't say it's not passive income, doing gicle printing and all that type of stuff. And then the seasonal earnings like calendars and stuff like that that make up a, a decent bulk of it. But um, I just love selling my own work. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not working for anyone else then. You know, that's the whole yeah. point of being self-employed. You work for yourself. Yeah. Whereas commission work, <laughs> you're working for someone else. And um, I don't know, after being self-employed for this length of time, I just like being my own boss. And Which is, it's good in one way that you, people want you to do their work, you know, do commission work for them. Um, well, to give you free reign going, oh, I just want a big dark horse. And I'm like, you got it? No hassle at all. But then it, they want you to paint their horse and they give you a photograph of something that was taken, it looks like it was taken on a potato in the <laughs> 80s. Um, and they want this 
you know, high From about three blocks away. Yeah. Two, three blocks away yeah. in a 90% field. Yeah. And yeah. this yeah. gray splurge that could be anything, but it's possibly a horse. Um, <laughs> and they want an up close, detailed piece. They're the, they're the tough ones. Well, and, um, and horse girls are very picky. And we know exactly. Picky. We know exactly what our horse looked like and what we wish they looked like. And then, yeah, yeah I don't blame yeah. you at all. <laughs> and, then, and then you paint the horse and they go, oh, she doesn't look like that now because it's clipped. I'm like, well, you didn't, you didn't send me a photograph of the clipped or yeah. Well, <laughs> I can just know. take this and no, shave it. I yeah, I'm not Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> I also noticed you have done in your commission side, you've done some with riders, but I'm assuming by your art side, you don't like doing people. No, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, I hate people. Uh, uh, (laughs) We determined that in your teaching days. (laughs) You hate painting people. (laughs) No, I think he really hates people, to be honest. (laughs) There's two people out today. I'm not going out anywhere. Yeah. In studio. Um, <laughs> I sense yeah, a fellow and introvert. <laughs> and that's why I do equine art as opposed to equestrian art. I mm-hmm. prefer the horse as opposed to the discipline or people on the horse. Like, you know, because you take away from the beauty of the horse, I feel, if it's, you know, if you're putting it in a discipline or if you're putting a person in it, and then... You obviously have to have people that, you know, they think they've got notions about their horse. They've definitely got notions about themselves when, when they want to be painted as well or poachers. So um, I just save myself a whole lot of hassle and go, no to people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you've done other kinds of animals too. Are, are horses yes. are horses the most difficult that you've done? No, horses are easiest. Um, well, I say easiest. They're, you know, everything has, is relative, uh, yeah. Relative, like you know, I find people say horses are the hardest thing to draw. If they were, I wouldn't draw them. I'd, I'd pick something else. Like you know, <laughs> I'd probably pick Owen. Today I'd be mostly painting circles. But um, no, I love painting wildlife and predominantly Irish wildlife as well. Um, you know, we've we don't have a huge selection of Irish, you know, wildlife of, of flora and fauna here. Well, comparing to other countries and stuff like that, but everything is so precious, like our red deer and our foxes mm-hmm. and our the birds that we have here um and i'm just we're surrounded by you here in the countryside so i just i love painting them and it's it's nice to take a break from horses if you, you know because if you're working on four or five pieces of horse feet pieces at a time the website is uh white tree studio dot i.e dot ie white tree studio dot ie you can find also there is a store in there you can go check out the store and the prints and everything that's in there he only has uh six pages of prints which i think amounts to about 60 or 70 to choose from so yeah i I must edit i must edit those (laughs) (laughs) there's quite a few so you can you can choose to get a print uh, and hang it in in uh, wherever you want. Uh, but your work is exquisite. I'm I'm really impressed. Um, Thank you. And uh, you know, I don't know what else to say other than congratulations on being. He's going to be the cover, right? Cover yes. boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not the horses. Uh, the horses. <laughs> yes. So his uh, his completely painting. different affair. <laughs> 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 
Yes, his painting is of a beautiful gray horse, and that's our uh, featured artwork for the year. So it was on our event program for Ohio, and yep. it'll be on our event program in Mass. And it's all over our social media and website. And it's just, I never get tired of looking at it. So great job, Tony. It's its stunning. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And it was an honor to be asked to be part of it. Like, you know, so it's just a video I can't go over there. Um, I know. We. I wish you could. I wish well, you he could doesn't do there. crowds and doesn't leave the house, so that eliminates <laughs> him coming over. I think. It does and make man, it I'm hard. Glad, I'm glad you just summed it up there. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go over there. There's way too many people in America. <laughs> too <laughs> many people. <laughs> At an equine affair, there's a lot of people. It's it's people oh, yeah. overload. <laughs> well, I have to get through the Dublin Horse Show first, in August, and if I can survive that, we'll um, we'll see what happens. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, if you do come over, I'll buy you a pint, okay? Oh, I, I will take you up on that. Okay. <laughs> WhiteTreeStudio.ie. Thanks, Tony. Well, he didn't disappoint. Uh, the Irish guys never do. <laughs> he was hilarious. awesome. Yes. <laughs> it was very yes. funny. And, I mean, the accent's one thing, but they all have a sense of humor, too. Uh, now, it was 9 o'clock at night. We're not quite sure how much ale he had drank before, <laughs> before this interview. <laughs> Tony, you were fantastic. It was good to talk to you. And w- his art is absolutely amazing. You should really go check it out and take a look at it. He's so humble, too. You know, he was very humble when I gave him the compliment. I was like, are you kidding me? Look at your paintings. <laughs> I know. Like, and he was like, I don't think I'm photorealistic. And it's just like, and dude. And that's funny because when Alice and I were looking at his website before we did the interview, we were like, mm-hmm. I was like, are these photos? <laughs> She's yeah, like, the, no, these are paintings. The very first time I saw the gray horse, Kogi sent it sent it to me on and said, you know, what do you think about this painting? And I'm like, that's a painting? That's that, no way. That, that can't be a painting. But it is. And He's then when he talked about teaching, that was hilarious, too, because I, <laughs> I kind of had that experience. So. You know, not all of us are are good at teaching, and that's okay. No. You know, it's Especially not children. all of us are meant. <laughs> <laughs> so the, his story reminded me, um, one time I was, I'll keep this short, but I um, I was freelancing a lot. It was before my writing had really taken off, and so I was just hodgepodging gigs the way that you do when you're young and out of college and so I uh, went through the training to be a substitute teacher in my county I went to sub for one day by the end of that day I went home and promptly signed off of all the stuff like I was just like no I'm done and it was for middle school oh that's the worst that's what everybody says but like after one day I was just done and in fact that morning, I felt a little bit off, and then I went to school, taught all day. By the end of the day, I was sick as a dog with whatever had hit me. It was like my immune system just dropped away, and all the stress, it was awful. So, like, I I, I lasted as a sub for one day. All so, you, you teachers know, it, out there, you're saints. You were really the are. most patient saints. <laughs> you're, I doff my hat to you. I don't know how I they do it. I couldn't do it. I don't no. know either. I don't know how they do it either. There's a reason I never had kids. <laughs> so... <laughs> 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 well, I have one, and she's going to be the death of me. I'm pretty sure. So. <laughs> she's cute as a dick, and so she is. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Bluegrass Animal Products, and then we're going to go to our next guest. Who uh, I bet you 90 percent of our listeners have heard of her products. 
Bluegrass Animal Products Equiotic is a live daily probiotic supplement for your horse. Equiotic is the only probiotic sourced from horses' good gut bacteria. This allows the good gut bacteria to survive in the GI tract. Veterinarian developed and recommended, Equiotic is trusted by horse professionals to keep their horses feeling the best. From the top competition horse to the backyard companion, Equiotic can help to keep your horse's sensitive GI tract feeling good. To learn more and order Equiotic today, go to bluegrassanimalproducts.com and use the coupon code HRN for 15% off Equiotic packets and paste. Equiotic is also available at many retailers, including Smart Pack and Chewy, but the coupon HRN is only available at bluegrassanimalproducts.com. Margot Gulbranson founded Saddle Up Clothing Company in 1999, inspired by her decades of passion for horses. If you've wandered through one of our trade shows, you have seen her booth. It's the one with all the cute shirts and hoodies that feature sayings like ride and shine. My favorite, which is coffee, horses, and wide open spaces, and probably everybody's favorite, horses are my happy place. Margot and Saddle Up have also been faithful sponsors of Equine Affair for many, many years. So let's chat with Margot. Well, hi, Margo. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to uh, be a part of this. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you agreed to come on because I have heard so many good things about you. We haven't actually met in person yet, but I always go by your booth because it's like it draws me um, every time. Even when I was an attendee, I always wanted to go by your booth because it's so it's so cute and inviting and all the good things. So. Why don't we start off, tell me, tell us about your company. What inspired you to found it way back in 99 and what keeps you going? Well, the interesting thing behind my brand is that, first of all, I've been in the apparel industry over 40 years and I'm going on my 25th anniversary next year with uh, Saddle Up. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, it's exciting. And I don't know where the time has gone, but... um, you know, I grew up with horses and I have horses. And when I was in the apparel industry early on, I was just out on a trail ride, actually. And I had been in, you know, the apparel industry almost 20 years. And I just thought, hmm, uh, saddle up came into my head and I added clothing and I added company to it. And I said, you know what? I really like that saddle up clothing company. That is me through and through. So I, uh, you know, ended my um, trail ride and the next days in my office with our other company in the apparel industry, I decided to launch uh, Saddle Up Clothing Company. And I started, I started very small. I just started doing my own thing and, and sharing it with friends and family. And then in 07, I went on a more broader local scale. And then in 09, I went regional and then shortly after that, I went uh, nationwide where I just attend, you know, a large attended equestrian events. And the equine affairs have been on my list as favorite shows for decades. Well, and you've been a part, we were talking before the show, you have your company and Equine Affair are sort of almost the same age. Uh, We're celebrating our 25th in Massachusetts in the fall and our 30th in Ohio next year. And so you think about the timelines there, you've you've been around for so long for so much of our lives. 
it's a pretty neat opportunity, and I'm always grateful to show up at the equine affairs. I think they're very well-run events. They've got lots to offer, and it's not just about what I bring to the table, but it's just a beautiful event for anybody that wants to learn about horses, who loves horses, or even is well-established in a horse passion and industry. It's, it's got, it always has something to offer. Well, and, and we so love to be there. Well, we love having you guys because you come to both of our shows every year and you've been doing that for, we, could, we couldn't figure it out. I almost want to say right? 20. I almost, yeah, but I yeah. almost want to say 20 and yeah. I'm going to look that up. But it's been um, a wonderful ride and I, I want to continue and it, they are among my favorite shows that I do. And so we'll keep showing up and we love to uh, partner as a sponsor and we've been very happy to, uh, you know, be a part of that as well. Obviously your, your, uh, your shirts and your clothing is known for catchphrases. How do you come up with the catchphrases? I'm looking at the one, I'm more broke than my horses, uh, which, (laughs) well, you know, that's what I'm looking at, but there's like tons of them. Is it something you come up with or? Well, let's just go back to the broke one. Uh, There's a cute story behind that. They come right out of my personal life in the saddle (laughs) from the barn and whatever that is. They literally come right out of my own experiences with my own horses and my own uh, interest and passion for horses. But when I started the I'm More Broke Than My Horses, I was doing the Minnesota Horse Expo. And the show had ended. I was coming around the corner with tarps to put up and protect. I had an outdoor booth. And mm-hmm. I had 16 horses at the time. And, you know, I'm doing a show and you're trying to make a living. And it just went through my head. It's like, I'm more broke than my horses. <laughs> and that, and that's kind of where I was in one way. But the other way is, you know, we, we feed our passion. We work for our passion. You know, my horse ate my paycheck. You know, but when I came up with that one, I had literally went back to my production facility. I thought that was such a winner that I took whatever random pieces I had in the shop and created a design with that on it and took it to the <laughs> expo. And that next morning, my actual first sale was that garment. And I've never looked back since. I have carried that for years. I put it on different garments and stuff. But the 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 reality is it brings a lot of humor in multiple mm-hmm. capacities, and that's what I look for in a fun, catchy phrase. Well, and well, let me uh, let works. me throw this one in because it kind of describes our audience. Um, th- another one you have is horses, chocolate, and a little wine. I found my happy place. <laughs> now, for our audience, you need to change that to horses, chocolate, and a lot of wine. Um, <laughs> well, now, I do hear a lot. Um, if I hear anything about that. Um, they say, well, let's just change that to a lot. Or, well, I think you, know, you so. should just cross it out and then write a lot on it. And then uh, I think you'd sell a whole new batch of those shirts. <laughs> just. I, I, I could, but I'm trying to be, to be respectful of, you know, yes. staying responsible. I'll throw that well, out the window. But, Nobody does that anymore. Who, who's... But I, I just, you know, I, I get that if I have anything on that, you know, it doesn't stop them from certainly buying it. But um, I'm <laughs> yeah. definitely one that, um, you know, does a trail ride and has the chocolate and has the wine and has the horse and um so i always tell those people that buy that we're we're already friends that's what they hear when they buy that if i'm there selling them that garment i said i can tell we're already great friends well and and my favorite is coffee horses and wide open spaces so that i know and and you know um there's many of us i too i'm a big coffee consumer 
And, but I also am a very, you know, the wide open spaces I have to have in my life. And that's actually one of my um, zones to just be creative. I'm, I'm a very creative person, but it takes those wide open spaces and often on a horse, but I also like to take a, a great bike ride and a horseback ride and so forth or a hike. And, you know, um, I need the wide open spaces. So these literally come right out of my own personal life style of everyday living. Well, and just like the name of your company, you came up with that on a trail ride. I mean, it's just very true to your, your brand. Um, yeah. And it's exciting. Yeah. I still love it more. Actually, I love it more today than I did when I started. And, you know, it's an interesting component with my company is that I am the face of Saddle Up. And Mm -hmm. that's not to be uh, um, boastful on it, but it's to say that I am that passionate about what I do is that I want to be that person who sets up, who tear down, who, um, you know, creates the garments, who prints the garments, who produces the garments. I mean, I do have help, but I also am very, very hands-on in all capacities. I do the drive to and from, and I'm, I'm all in. Well, something that I was amazed by, and that just sort of speaks to your work ethic, is, you know, Ohio, our Ohio event this year overlapped with the Midwest Horse Fair. And a lot of vendors chose to go to one or the other, but you were at both. How did you manage yeah, that? Yeah, and it's it's um, it's challenging. It's a lot of um, limited hours of rest between mm-hmm. those. It's, it's, yeah. it's intense, and financially it's a... It's a huge financial um, burden to double up like that, and especially when they're back to back. Mm -hmm. But I have always felt that if shows like the Equine Affair, shows like Midwest and Minnesota, all of those shows, that I feel like it's my responsibility also to show up and support these shows that have blessed my life. And also, I don't want to not be there for my customer that has been so faithful and true every year that I show up. And so I want to be there. I, I, I don't, um, find it easy to do. So it it takes everything for me to pull that off, but I just feel loyal to the need to show up and I just do my best. There are sacrifices that I have to make and there's risks, extra risks involved with doing that. But, um, I want to be there. I love the Equine Affair. I love Midwest, and I, I don't want to lose either of them. Well, we were, I was flabbergasted when I found that out, and we were just honored that you were able to do both. And it's a relief that that, that overlap in dates doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thankfully. Know, I, I wish they never did. But I, and I also as attendees, you know, there's, yes. there's people that want to go, go both places as well, even though they're across the miles. They, they do yeah. draw, you know, some great people and I just love uh I love the shows I love the circuit it's really a fun it's a fun life it's not for everybody but yeah for me it's it I can't ask for a better fit well and to circle to something a little more fun again you had mentioned that you had 16 horses at one time do you still have horses I have four and um my most recent one I bought last summer, uh, a pony off the pony swim on Chincoteague Island. If all you horse lovers out there have read Misty of Chincoteague by Marguerite oh Henry yeah. and her whole series, yeah. I picked up one of the um, offspring off the island 
Oh. And they sell about 75 a year and to keep the herd down at about 150. So I attended that. So that's my newest and my, so that's my, what I call my mini. It's not a mini, but you know, it's my smallest in my herd. And then I have a, uh, a great story with a, um, a wild horse that I purchased from a long rider that has ridden all of the Americas. Imagine riding from Fairbanks, Alaska, all the way to the southern tip of Argentina. Wow. One man, 11 horses, 14 countries, an incredible journey. But anyway, I befriended him years ago, and this is probably another podcast, but the cool thing is, is that he rode this horse, Smokey. He's from the Penticton Indian Band in British Columbia, and that horse was ridden on his last ride, which was the completion of all of the Americas. But that ride was in Fairbanks, and then he rode back to Calgary, Canada, where it all started. And after his ride in 20, he rode in 2020 and 2021, and I, um, um, I bought that horse. So I have a, a horse that's an incredible trail horse, but I call him my wild child. So he's my, uh, he's my second in height. He's like 14 too. He's basically right at that pony horse size, and I, yeah. I just love him. He's just a great mover. And then I've got a, uh, incredible, um, uh, all American quarter horse. Um, I grew up on quarter horses and so I've always, uh, loved to have a quarter horse in my pasture and he's 16, two, 16, three actually. And then I have a 19 hand Belgian saddlebred. And in the summertime when I'm not doing, uh, the saddle up, uh, clothing company tour, I am doing carriage rides at a winery here locally. Oh, oh my gosh! So cool. I'm a driver, so I love that, and I've owned Percherons in the past uh, too. So I'm I'm uh, partial awesome. to the big well, guys. You can come and be my you can come and be my spare, Glenn. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> I would, I love Percher. Yeah. I love those big guys, and yours. That's a huge one. Yeah, he's a Belgian saddlebred, and I um I pull I imported a carriage from Poland, the only one in the United States. It's a pretty neat experience and a great package. But there too, it's like it's. I do it. It's not this incredible money maker. I don't do it for the money. I I do it for the joy of giving people an incredible experience in a horse-drawn carriage. So it's like my whole life, I, I just love horses, and I am not just a barrel racer. I'm not just a dressage. I love all of it. I've participated in many things, from mounted shooting to gaming to the pleasure shows to all of that. So all of my passion. That's why saddle up fits me so well because it, it encompasses all those disciplines. So I don't know. I just have the perfect thing. I love it. Yeah. Well, and you sound miserable, Margo. Yeah. You you just just sound sound like you hate all of this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I don't, that's not my vocabulary. (laughs) I think so where, okay. Where's the winery where you you do carriage rides with your that is called uh, Wine Haven Winery and Vineyard, and that is in Chisago City, Minnesota. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we do. We don't do every weekend. We just, you know, I come out for their special events, and we just did one uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was Minnesota perfect weather, seventy-five and sunny both days. Ooh. And just beautiful. I see a theme uh, yeah. in Margot's life, and it involves wine. Uh, there's, there seems to be a theme <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's correct. I do like some. <laughs> well, I try I'm already... not to have a lot, but I do like some. Yeah, right. Just Me too. That's... In, in moderation. in Everything in moderation. That is correct. <laughs> Except for her draft horse, who's 19 plus hands. That's yeah. not moderate. That's <laughs> not moderate. Yeah. Uh, do you? I assume you've taken a picture of your horses lined up by height. Surely you have. 
Well, not necessarily lined up. And actually, my Chinko Teague pony is still in transition. So rather okay. than bringing him directly to um, the farm from his um, life as a wild horse on yeah. the island of Chinko Teague, I put him in a transition. One of them is Stony Creek Chinko Teague, who actually also participates in the equine affair, mm-hmm. particularly the one in... Um, in Massachusetts, they've been involved periodically with their, um, and have even brought ponies, but they transitioned, uh, my horse in Pennsylvania. And now currently my little pony is in, uh, DeGraff stables o- over in Ohio. So Aww. working its way to, to get used to, uh, a new life in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, someday when you have him home, you've got to do the lineup of the, it was 19 hands, 16, three, 14, two. And what was the Chincoteague pony height? Well, um, that little filly is only a year old, so yeah. he's still growing. And still growing. So I, I call him um, mini, small, medium, and large. Yeah. You've, yeah. Yeah. You got to do that picture. That would be so cool. Right. I, I will do that. <laughs> I will do that. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it on display for saddle up. All right. Well, so Margo, people can see you and see your incredible shirts and hoodies and bags and hat wear and everything at Equine Affair in Massachusetts. But how else can they learn about Saddle Up Clothing Company? Well, I have a website, which is Saddle Up Clothing Company. Everything is spelled out, saddleupclothingcompany.com. My Instagram handle is Saddle Up Brand. And then Facebook is Saddle Up Clothing Company, and you're welcome to, yeah, come on and chat or check us out or ask questions or follow up or or uh, reach out, and I'm I'm always happy to uh, meet and greet. Yay! Well, thank you again, and and congratulations on 25 years. That's an amazing milestone coming up. Coming yeah. up, absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much. I love highlighting companies like hers where it's a small company, obviously run by the owner. And, you know, because I'm partial to that, I mean, I've, I've owned my own along the way and we've highlighted so many of them here because of our relationship with Wisa and Ada over the years. And I just love that they, when they make it right, when, when I see them at Wisa for the first time and then I see them again and then I see them again. And once they get past that three year mark, they're usually around uh, because so many don't make it. So when you find the Margos of the world who make it and, and do it very well over 25 years, it, it just makes me so happy. It's so cool to think about somebody's just trail riding. They have an idea and then they apply their work ethic and their good ideas. And, and then, boom, 25 years later, here she is. I mean, how cool is that? She's a cool lady. And I don't think we appreciate, too, uh, you know, and I've done this. I've been on the other side of this. And and this goes for all of your vendors. When these vendors come in and set up, look at rods in Ohio. Oh, my God. I mean, they must have a 1,000 or 2,000 products there. Um, when they come in to set up, it's a lot of work. So when it's, people it's like so much work. When people yeah. like Margot come in, it's, it's a ton of work. You're exhausted, and then you're waiting on people all day and hopefully selling stuff. Uh, but it's just a lot of work. And having done that for our own store and then for Bit of Britain and a couple others for a period of time, it's exhausting and it's rewarding, but it is exhausting. So my hat's off to all of them that set up a trade show. Like like Equine Affair, yeah, and you know, Teardown is was one of the biggest surprises to me when I was a full time employee and went to my first Equine Affair and was there for Teardown. You just have no idea that 
when you walk into the trade show and everything's already set up and the lights are on and, and everything's full and crowded, you have no idea that really that was a huge empty space like 24 hours before. And then when the show ends on Sunday, it is a huge empty space literally by the next morning. Like people come in and we just create these huge worlds in a trade show and then we tear them down and they're gone. And it's all fueled by pizza and caffeine and exhaustion. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Red <laughs> lots Bull. Lots and lots of pizza. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's cool. And so when you pack up to go to these shows, and you know, like in a bit of Britain's case, we were packing two or three trucks. And when you pack those trucks, you're always careful. Everything's got its place and, you know, everything's all organized. So when you get there, you can, you can, you can set it up quickly. When you tear down, you're just throwing that crap in the truck. <laughs> it's just whatever's Boy. left goes in the truck. No organization. <laughs> it's just pack it as fast as you can. We'll deal with it later. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one year we went from Ohio to Equine Affair in Ohio to we kept the trucks packed for, because Bit of Britain had a huge booth at Land Rover, mm-hmm. a Rolex at the time. And we would we kept it packed and we went down to Rolex and it was so much of a mess to unpack it because it wasn't organized for me quite a fair. So <laughs> yeah. That, oh, the days of being on the road. I, I yeah, I'm glad I'm not anymore, to be honest. <laughs> it's just, no, now now you travel for pleasure. <laughs> and I carry four mics and a mixer. It's uh it's so hard. It's so difficult yes. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can learn more about Equine Affair. Be sure to reserve the date. The dates again are November 9th through the 12th. 2023 in West Springfield, Massachusetts. Get your Christmas shopping done then, so save your pennies. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll have information in the coming months about, uh, what are they called, the favorite hotels or whatever they're called. Yep. Our host hotels. Host hotels, yep. Our clinicians, our lineup, all that good stuff. We are, right now, we are hard at work getting all the details just right. So you may not be hearing much at the moment, but that's because we're we're just getting ready to give you all the big announcements very soon. Keep an eye on the website at equineaffair.com, mm-hmm. on the Facebook page for Equine Affair, all of those places, all the social media spots. Of course, you can find Horses in the Morning at horsesinthemorning.com. If you want to become an auditor, just head on over to Horses in the Morning, click on the auditor banner. This is a Thursday, so that means tomorrow Jamie and I are back with some really bad ads. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. And thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Bluegrass Animal Products. That's it for this month. We'll see you at Equine Affair. 